Hello and welcome to the Clifford Chance Lab Chat Series podcast, where our experts discuss legal innovation developments and trends faced by lawyers and the business world today. My name is Joanne Chuang and I'm the Legal Innovation Lead of Create Plus 65 at Clifford Chance and I'm very delighted to host this podcast today. Create Plus 65 is our first global innovation lab, a strategic space that unites our lawyers, our clients and the wider legal community to discover the future of legal services through research, education and collaboration. During our lab chat episodes, we invite industry-leading speakers to discuss trending developments interesting conversations and engaging topics around legal innovation and technology in the APAC region and beyond. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Mark Liu from R3 and Jack Hardman, partner from Clifford Chance in Dubai, to share more about R3, Clifford Chance's collaboration with R3, and also how blockchain technology is used in the modernization of the digital economy. Welcome, Mark and Jack. Shall we begin with a short introduction of yourself? Sure. Thank you so much, Joanne. Thanks for having me today. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Liu, Head of Ecosystem Development, APAC at R3. Very pleased to be here today with Jack. Great. Thanks a lot, Mark. And thanks, Joanne. I'm Jack Harden. I'm a partner from the Global Tech Group sitting in Dubai. I work on a lot of fintech transactions, both regionally and globally, and I've had the pleasure of working with R3 on a number of those and excited to talk more about what we're doing with the Venture Development Program today. Thank you, Mark and Jack. And now over to you, Mark. We'll just kick off with my first question. Can you tell us a little bit more about R3, what it is, and how it seeks to transform businesses and capitalize on the new digital economy? Yeah, sure, Joanne. Happy to share. R3 is an enterprise software company that works with hundreds of regulated financial institutions, including the likes of central banks, commercial banks, fintechs, financial market infrastructure providers, exchanges, and more where they rely on R3's enterprise trust technology, connected networks, and industry expertise to fill the digitalization of their businesses. Coupled with our Coda distributed ledger and Conclave confidential computing technology, R3 has the market access, deep financial services know-how, and public sector connections to really help accelerate the development of multi-party solutions that modernize legacy processes, streamline systems and workflows, while delivering digital trust between parties in regulated markets. Now, within my role as the head of ecosystem development, I specifically work with early stage startups and technology partners via our venture development program, where we put together supporting resources and especially you know, from our global networks to support the journey of early stage startups when they are trying to utilize our enterprise blockchain platform Coda to build very specific enterprise applications to solve critical problem statements within the industry. I hear you, Mark. The support in the journey of early startups is important and Clifford Chance has been involved in supporting the R3 Venture Development Program for some time now. As an innovation lab, Create Plus 65 is also driving the support for the Venture Development Program's involvement in APAC. And I know from our lawyers that we've been involved in supporting this program through webinars and various conversations. Mark, would you like to share a little bit more about R3's Venture Development Program with our listeners today? Oh, yes. First and foremost, you know, we are really happy to be collaborating with Clifford Chance in this space, you know, within the mentorship capacity of the Venture Development Program. 
let me just take a step back to sort of give a brief intro of the program. Now, the Artery Venture Development Program is designed to accelerate and cultivate multi-party code apps or CODA-based applications built by early-stage startups to really shorten their time to market. And we offer a variety of resources and support for every stage of the blockchain journey. So, for example, from workshops, ideation, whiteboarding sessions, to educational content, to access to an ecosystem of industry experts, mentors, and investors. Because the toughest part you know, for a founder in the blockchain space, more often than not, is really to have that ecosystem support to really help them to cultivate their idea and help them to visualize it to the application and ultimately to really help them to map out the go-to-market strategy as well. So we are continually evolving our program to keep pace with the rapidly growing number of startups building on our platforms, both the Coda Enterprise blockchain platform as well as the Conclave Confidential Computing platform. Mentors are definitely the backbone of our program and serve as one of the biggest value adds for our startups. Our mentors volunteer their time in sharing their experience and expertise to support early-stage startups along their blockchain journey. And our current mentors are industry SMEs, functional experts, former founders and investors. This group of experts, not only they are interested you know, to really interface with startups they are building within the R3 ecosystem, but they are also very kind to really offer their insights to help B2B founders to be successful in their journey. And this is really important because if you are just having an idea and then you're trying to build the application, more often than not, you are actually working in silo. You run the risk of working within a box. You only know so much that you know. By talking to different mentors and by talking to different industry experts, you open up a broader horizon for yourselves and also for the roadmap of your applications. And it's also important to test out your application as soon as possible and to find your so-called targeted customer persona and customer segmentation to really identify whether the problem statements that you're trying to solve make sense or not. So yes, we are really happy to be working with so many industry experts, including Clifford Chance in the mentorship capacity to really help the startups in our global network. Thank you, Mark. And now over to you, Jack. From your perspective as a partner in Clifford Chance's global tech group, I know you've been working very closely with our lawyers, with R3 and tech startups. Would you like to share a little bit more about what we've just heard from Mark? Sure. And thanks, Mark, for the overview. You know, it's great to hear that detailed explanation of what's happening at the moment in development forum. And it's really important for us to be part of that as a firm. And we're really pleased with our relationship we have so far. We've been helping with webinars and engagements with the, the startups. And it, it really creates a two-way relationship, I think, because I think we can add that value in terms of obviously the global legal perspective on key issues emerging from a lot of the projects and how startups can think about their business models and identify those risks early on and, and manage things. But also we learn a huge amount from that because you know our relationship with R3 is somewhat unique perhaps to how we might otherwise be in a mentorship capacity because we are working alongside another partner to those startups and tech players together and collaborating with R3 to develop a sort of in, in often a sort of combined solution that covers both the technology and the legal and regulatory side together. And we learn a huge amount from what R3 is doing and what's important to our client base in doing that. It brings us closer to the technology and as a firm takes us more forward towards what we want to be, which is you know the firm of choice for the leading businesses of today and tomorrow. So it's, it's working out very well, I think, for, for both sides and we're, we're excited to continue that partnership. And just on that, shall we take a step back and ponder on this? 
So I ran a search on Google and unsurprisingly, the most frequently asked question about blockchain still remains, which is, what is blockchain? Mark, would you like to take this question and explain it briefly to our listeners if that's at all possible? Sure. Thanks, John. I'll not go into the technicalities. and I think this concept is important to think about from, you know, I'll talk from a legal and regulatory perspective and allow Mark to add, add his thoughts. But it, I think it's really about what does it mean for us as lawyers and professionals. And I think from our side, it's, it's probably three things. I mean, it is, as, as you know, many of us speak about, a true source of information that can be accessed and it can show ownership records, transaction records, and generally the state of affairs of things and having that that one record which is which is true for everybody and everyone can rely on it i think from a legal perspective that's what it brings to the table which wasn't really there previously and allows us to use that to to develop transactions and organizational processes around that having that centralized or, or decentralized trust record and i think the, the other thing that it brings then is also this idea of digital ownership recorded on blockchain is this idea of, of people having digital ownership rights recorded on blockchain of what they own and transfer so that sort of legal rights sort of moving into the blockchain is is something which is is important for us as lawyers and i think it also allows this automatic programming and automatic execution of transactions in a, a transparent way that everyone can see and the idea of using it as a platform for these automatic transactions that we can all see through these smart contracts and others brings in another dimension as, as lawyers because we're moving from seeing everything manually done between two parties to then it being everyone agreeing that it's going to be done by this automatic platform that we can all see it happening live time on the blockchain i think that sort of third aspect is is what it brings to lawyers thanks jack for breaking that down for us And just following on from that, what are some of the sectors where blockchain-based contracts are becoming more popular these days? Obviously, we've seen a huge amount of usage in crypto space and you know that continues, but obviously there's been a slight downturn in that as well. But I think the three big trends that we're seeing just at the moment, I would say, is that blockchain is sort of powering new content delivery and new experiences. And I think two of our examples are the growth in, in using it to create NFTs and create these digital ownership rights over new forms of property, which has had a real boom recently and allowing new providers to bring content to new markets through that. And also the growth of the metaverse and how you know blockchain is fueling a lot of the transactions taking place underlying people's experience in the metaverse. So you, you know you go into these virtual reality experiences and you're buying and selling goods or entering into deals. Those transactions, when they need to be recorded, are often being recorded on blockchain to give everyone that certainty that the transactions happened and they own something when you know people are engaging cross borders. A second institutional adoption that we're seeing is the growth of big players in the industry who are now adopting blockchain solutions. You know, R3 powered is one example, the HQALX platform, which is for liquidity transactions recorded again on the R3 platform. And many of the world's biggest banks have signed up to this as one leading example that we've, as a firm, were involved in. And we, we've seen that ra- real time, the adoption of R3's technology blockchain for that sort of institutional banking providers and, and many startups around that are sort of adding in bits of the puzzle to help those institutional players to adopt 
blockchain solutions. And a huge example as well of that institutional adoption is one example, the US Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, you know, the major clearinghouse for US securities market, has now moved to adopting blockchain solution, which I think involved R3 as well. And it just shows how that institutional move has been made to adopting blockchain. So we're seeing that in a huge way in the institutional market. And the third example that you know we've collaborated with R3 in a number of proposals for was you know, central bank digital currencies, where central banks are trying to incorporate blockchain now in how they record transactions in currencies to allow digitization of currencies, pre-programming certain activities in respect to how currencies work along the lines of those transactions and smart contracts we talked about, and also allowing, you know, 24-7 access and transactions to be made in their currencies, which wasn't previously available outside of this technology. So I think there's some really interesting developments that we're seeing. But Mark, I don't know if you're seeing that and what are the key trends coming out of the, the startup community? No, yeah, Jack, you raised a couple of these very interesting and also very good points, especially a couple of the features that you just mentioned is actually making blockchain technology such an attractive uh, proposition for the enterprise space, especially when it comes to having the sort of immutability and providing that single source of truth across all parties. I think those are really important features that enterprise customers have been crying out for years. And finally, you know, they might have actually found a remedy to that in blockchain technology. And yes, you know, over time, we've seen the digital transformative journeys of some of the world's largest banks and corporations where new business consortia was formed with Coda to empower some of the most exciting enterprise use cases in the regulated market space. And Coda was specifically built for this space. At the same time, we also had the opportunities to partner with leading system integrators, cloud providers, and technology firms, especially startups, in jointly delivering transformative values to our customers, right? You mentioned CBDCs, right? Yes, I say central bank digital currencies as an important emerging development. Just sort of want to double-click a little bit on that. We have the pleasure to be collaborating with some of the best minds in the global CBDC landscape for a while now, such as you know partnering with Bank of France, Swiss National Bank, Six Digital Exchange, the BIS, and other market participants on Project Jura to explore a Euro wholesale CBDC, as well as being the technology provider in Project Dunbar, where we work with the BIS Innovation Hub, the Reserve Bank of Australia, Bank Nagara Malaysia, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, and the South African Reserve Bank to develop a prototype for a shared multi-CBDC platform that could enable international settlements using digital currencies issued by multiple central banks, right? And of course, with our history of banking consortium origin, we also have a significant number of use cases in the digital banking space. For example, in the US, you know, we are working with Wells Fargo on their digital cash for real-time cross-border payments, settlement and reconciliation across different entities. And also our local Singaporean champion, OneHypernet, with a multilateral netting application to drive data sharing efficiencies and eliminate privacy concerns during international cross-border payments on multilateral netting process. And what happened is, in fact, our first Coda and Conclave use case, and they've also successfully been awarded the proof-of-concept grant by the MAS in Singapore. So it's definitely one of our successful projects in the region. So we are definitely seeing blockchain technology being applied not only on the regulator level, i.e. central banks, but also on the commercial levels, right? Commercial banks, private companies, payments companies, they are slowly looking into this technology to really optimize their current offering and look at it. How can they actually make their offering a bit more robust for their enterprise customers and really pass the value back to their customers? Thank you, Mark and Jack. 
I think between the both of you, you've named quite a few very important use cases where blockchain is used or can be used to solve real-life problems. I'm wondering, question for you, Mark, is there one which you would particularly call out as being unique or innovative? I think we are still a long way to go before we really realize and visualize what blockchain technology can bring to the space because, you know, we are barely scratching the surface with some of the works that we've been doing over the years, right? And of course, you know, in order to help the global financial industry to really discover and seize the opportunities brought on by first and foremost, blockchain technology and digital currency initiatives. So we've consolidated and solidified a lot of our learnings that we've done over the years with central banks, customers, and really created an offering or at least a product called the R3 Digital Currency Accelerator. It's actually an offering to allow central banks the flexibility to map their own CBDC journey and to really explore utilization possibilities between wholesale level and retail level CBDC. And of course, because every single journey of central banks' digital currencies is different. Some central banks, they are looking at wholesale level. Some of them may be a bit more advanced. They're looking at both wholesale and retail. And some of them are maybe looking at how can I maybe totally dive straight into the Web3 space and start looking at other stuff as well. So at the same time, the R3 Digital Currency Accelerator also allows participants like commercial banks or fintech startups to also tap onto the opportunities where they can actually fast track the issuance of a regulatory compliant digital token that is paired one-to-one with uh, central bank reserves or commercial bank deposits and really issue the stable coins on Coda as well. So this space is definitely interesting because when you think about it, blockchain technology in essence is about delivery versus payments, right? And you have the immutability factor, you have the single source of truth, you have the information reconciliations on the delivery portion. And the other side of the story is really the payment story. How can we actually really transform payments, right? And we are not talking about just adding another rails to all the rails that we currently have in our traditional payment system. We're talking about using blockchain technology to really transform the whole space, right? Look at things a bit more differently. Instead of adding another three rails, can we use this technology to really transform the whole system? from top to bottom. And this is really exciting. And also what we are seeing is at the same time, some of our customers are also looking at, hey, can we start looking at maybe public blockchain, right? Digital currencies from the Ethereum space. Can we do something or at least bring the asset over to Coda, which is on the permission blockchain space? And we've also started looking into the interoperability strategy and to really bridge some of these assets from public blockchain space for some of our customers, especially in the public blockchain kind of asset space like Ethereum, for example. So it's really interesting in terms of the development. And what's really exciting is that there's so many parts that's developing and ultimately it all adds up to one singular ecosystem vision. And that's really powerful, I think. Thank you, Mark. And now my next question is for the both of you. So the capitalization of the crypto market has dropped significantly in 2022 and digital assets have come under closer scrutiny around the world. Do you think the current state of the market still presents an opportunity for reflection and innovation in the blockchain space? 
Well, I'll perhaps give a, a quick view because I'm sure Mark has a, a much better answer to this. But I definitely think there's a huge amount of space for opportunity to develop new products and services for, for the very reasons Mark was saying. Much of the fundamentals we've talked about in terms of how this technology can be leveraged to create efficiencies in the market. I mean, that's not going anywhere. And we definitely see more and more adoptions every day. I think whilst the crypto market has slowed down, I think what it is doing is also giving space for regulators to develop frameworks around the use of technology. So things that weren't really very well regulated previously, such as how should we regulate NFTs, how should we regulate these DeFi platforms, along with the huge emergence of cryptocurrency regulation around the world, will come in, I think, during this sort of somewhat of a breathing space for the markets, hopefully. And I think out of it, we'll have clearer frameworks internationally for development, plus a uh, continued generation of ideas and hopefully the two will come together in a way to create a sort of safer and more robust framework for people to develop tools for the future i think it's a very exciting time yeah i think jack you nailed a lot of good points i'm not sure if i can actually add much to that but you're absolutely correct this is definitely an interesting development i think what you mentioned is for on you know it gives everyone the space that's needed to really zoom up and look at the industry very holistically because sometimes market correction helps the industry move forward. Right now, we're talking about less speculations and you start looking at different protocols, start to really look at, okay, how can we actually build our protocol and how can we actually build our community? How can we help the developers who is actually interested in our protocol to be successful? So people are actually shifting their focus to really looking at projects building. So projects that are actually based on solid grounds could potentially stand out because there's less noise, there's less speculation overall within the industry. And the opportunity is also there to really allow everyone to distinguish the elements between blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies. So this is a great education phase as well for the general public. Like Jack, you mentioned, regulators, they can start looking at regulations, they can start looking at different ways to actually guide the industry based on all the previous learnings that the whole industry have actually gone through. And also most of our customers, they are really utilizing blockchain technology to ideate not only CBDCs, but stablecoins as well and how it translates to the projects that they're actually working on. And I think utility is also very important because previously people are just talking about cryptocurrencies, people are just talking about total value locked. But at the end of the day, you need to look at utility, right? How healthy is your ecosystem? What are the projects being built? And how are the technologies being applied? So I always subscribe to the belief that technology is just an enabler. We don't need blockchain technology for everything in the world. There's just some use cases that don't require blockchain at all. But when we have use cases or problem statements that really require blockchain technology. How do we actually apply it? And that's the million dollar questions. And I think the whole industry is actually going through a really good learning curve as well as a growing phase. So I'm definitely excited about you know what's coming for the industry. Thanks, Mark. I'm excited as well and very encouraged to witness the industry moving towards wider usage and understanding of blockchain through the use cases mentioned on this podcast today. My final question to either one of you is, are there any key developments we should all be looking out for in the coming months? So for R3, we are seeing increased interest from the developer space looking into Coda from our perspective at least. We do have a lot of developments, especially in the financial market infrastructure space. Jack, like you mentioned earlier, you know, DTCC, we've just announced our collaboration with DTCC. So we are working with DTCC to help transform the financial market space. 
we can actually probably expect similar developments coming out from the space as well. At the same time, we are also doubling down on our efforts in the CBDC space. For us, you know, our message has always been the same from day one, which is actually help to provide the necessary technology tools in the Coda blockchain platform for the heavily regulated financial market space. And I think we are doing a lot of exciting projects with a lot of positive developments coming out from the space as well. That all sounds fantastic. And, you know, we can't wait to see those from our side. I mean, we had the pleasure of working on a few of those projects alongside you and really looking forward to getting more involved in the development platform and engaging with your participants there um, in the coming months. So thank you, Mark. No, thank you, Jack. We've been really glad to be working with Clifford Chance, especially within our venture development program. Appreciate your support and also your keen interest in our supporting early stage startups and also looking into this exciting new technology space. So thank you for having me today as well, both Jack and Joanne. It all sounds very exciting and I'm definitely looking forward to the upcoming months and the development in what R3 is doing and also developments in the blockchain space. So with that, I would like to thank you, Mark and Jack, for joining me on this podcast today. It's been a very insightful session. And in the next episode of the Clifford Chance Lab Chat Series podcast, we will hear about how Create Plus 65 is leading the innovation journey ahead. If you'd like to discuss today's topic in more detail, please get in touch with me or a member of our innovation and best delivery team. You have been listening to the Clifford Chance podcast. Please subscribe and listen to our podcasts on the Clifford Chance website, Apple Podcasts or Spotify.